Love. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the podcast, which probably should be 21, but the internet didn't like us last week. So this week I am joined with the beautiful Claire Divine from The New Divine. Claire is an incredibly talented artist based in Queensland and a mum to three beautiful boys and a wife to a very funny Irish man, Seamus. And our paths crossed last year when her e-commerce brand, The New Divine, exploded during the pandemic, exploded in a good way. Now, Claire creates and sells beautiful fine art prints and her original artworks online and has a really big presence on Instagram. Now, she's taken sharing her family's story and her story, the, the highs and the lows and everything in between on a daily basis with her audience. And she's kept that at the very heart of her brand. And it's incredibly important to her business. And she's been able to build a very successful business and a loyal community of diehard fans from doing this. Now, Claire's story of the past 12 months and how her business has grown is really heartwarming and very hopeful if it feels like you're, you know, the world's against you and, you know, success seems super far away because Claire had a really tough year last year and she's going to tell you a little bit about that in the podcast. And her story of triumph is proof that even when life gets tough, like really, really tough, beautiful, life-changing things can and do happen. So as well as that, we talk about why being yourself is super important in your business how connecting, you know, equals conversions and sales, when to outsource and outsourcing to who, Facebook versus Google ads, and also how she is diversifying her products and lots more. So make sure you follow Claire over on Instagram. She's super amazing, but be careful. I guarantee you'll fall in love with her work and you'll definitely buy something from her because her is so joyful and so colorful and really has some beautiful stories behind it. So listen in, let me know what you think, and I'll see you soon. Hello, Claire. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so so pleased to see your lovely face again over Zoom. Yeah, it's unreal. It feels like it's been forever and not at all. Yes. Well, you've had a baby in the meantime. We were just chatting off, off mic. That's it, baby, three boys. It's going to be crazy and loud and wild at my house forever. (laughs) Messy. But you're a painter, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's all right. Let's paint all over the floor anyway. What's a bit more mess? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sure a lot of my beautiful listeners will know who you are because I think you're quite famous on Instagram, but that's just me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And, you know, your art is so captivating and so unique. But if people don't know who you are, why don't you tell us who you are? So I'm Claire Devine with my husband, Seamus. We run a quite a small business, but quite a happy little business called The New Divine. 
And it was named such because at the time we didn't think we'd have children. And so I thought that I'd always be the newest addition to the divine clan when I married my husband. But then, of course, these children turned up by some miracle. And so I'm no longer the new divine. I'm sort of the recent-ish divine. But anyway, that's a side story. (laughs) So I sell my original artworks and fine art prints that are really easy to frame. And the business was just sort of a side hobby for two years while I was a full-time teacher. And then last year, really around the time the pandemic, can we say that word that starts with C? I don't know. Really when that kicked off, uh, we had a lot of health issues completely unrelated to that in the family. And so I took some leave from my job and the business sort of went wild at just that moment. So I suppose the long story there is that I'll just talk and you can stop me, is that um, my husband had had a really major seizure shortly before, well, at the end of the previous year. I don't know how many years back we're going now. But so he'd had a seizure. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He'd had this tumour cut out of his knee, so he was struggling to walk around. The seizure meant that he struggled a bit with his memory And in the midst of all of that, we also found out that our then youngest son, so now we've got a third baby in the mix, but our then youngest son, who was about eight months old, was partially blind, which came as a total shock to us. Hedonism, which is really rare and really rare that we could both have the gene to pass it on to him. So in the midst of all of that, I just thought I can't be out teaching other people's boys when I need to be home looking after my own boys. But at the time that I took leave from my job, we were all about to go into lockdown And so the viability of the business sustaining us was questionable at best. But add to that that it really was not generating enough income to pay our bills by any means. So it was a bit of a leap of faith. And also my parents had kindly offered to help us out if we got into real trouble financially. Mm -hmm. But I just had to be home. There was too much going on at home. It was a no-brainer. Family comes first. And so took leave from work. And the very next day, the business just went nuts. I think with the lockdown, everyone looked at their walls and thought, I need some nice, happy, vibrant art that's really colourful and bright and pink. Pick me. Um, (laughs) And I think that the other thing is that overnight, I went from being extremely conservative about what I posted online about me and my family to just having an honest, open discussion on Instagram about what had happened to us in the last six months and how sort of smashed we'd been by this health stuff. And so I think that the minute that I was really honest and open and raw and tearful and all of those things, my audience, they went from going, oh, yeah, Claire, she seems nice, she's happy all the time, to thinking, oh, she's actually a real human going through real human stuff. And so suddenly there was this big emotional investment in the brand that I think helped to to grow it overnight. I can't explain it any other way. Oh, divine intervention. Who knows? Divine intervention. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a new product range for you. But um, oh gosh, there's so much to unpack there and so many amazing and wonderful and hard things happened all at once. All at once. That you were down on your knees, like a, you know, really low, low spot. But then this business opened up in front of you, like literally for overnight. So what did you do to create, like you're obviously an artist you know most of your life or it was it was it a side hustle this were you selling on the side and yeah it was mainly my husband before his seizure and before his knee got bad worked fly in fly out so I really just painted in the evenings to keep myself entertained while he was not home 
I grew up in a family of artists, but I actually studied music, not visual art at university. Mm-hmm. And so I did some years as a, as a classical musician and lots of years as a high school teacher, which I loved. And I had no intention of leaving that work, except that family was more important. And so I suppose I had this sort of painting hobby business on the side mm-hmm. for two years before that. And so we had about 3,000 followers maybe on social media, but it just blew up. Yeah, blew up overnight. We were so, 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 so fortunate to to see that growth at that time. Mm. And you came up with like a, a nifty little selling idea though, didn't you? Right at the start, did you do COVID packs or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. So I, I had a lot of stock of these art prints at home and I wanted to get people's attention and I needed money fast, let's face it, yeah. since I no longer had a salary. And so I put together these mystery packs of prints so you couldn't choose what was in it. I told you what sizes and I discounted them to move this stock, but also, I mean, they were beautiful things. Mm. And so people got right onto that idea because suddenly if we can't see each other, then we have to share stories and share special occasions in a different way. And lots of people bought them for themselves, which was fine because we need to do nice things for ourselves, but lots of people posted them all around Australia which then further extended our reach as people discovered the brand by virtue of the fact they were receiving this gift pack um, from a friend or family. So these amazing, like we talk often about overnight successes and how when you scratch beneath the surface, they're not really overnight. You know, they've been plugging away for a while (laughs) because these rare, you know, these sweet spots that you've obviously hit on back last year, they do happen. So it's lovely to hear and give, other business owners, the faith to try something different, you know, take a risk. Mm, um, absolutely. And I, and I say it all happened overnight, that it really grew overnight, but mm. it had been steady growth for two years. As you say, I don't think overnight success is a thing. I think you put all the building blocks in place and at some point it probably all comes together partly by luck and partly by hard work and efforts paying off and being in the right place at the right time. But Yes, it definitely was not overnight in terms of I'd already learned a lot of the business skills, I suppose, and practiced them on a much smaller scale. And so when we had this sort of explosion, I was ready for that next step to a certain to a certain extent, I suppose, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, you'd been plugging away at it as yeah. a side hobby for two years. That's it's it. not like you just picked up a paintbrush. Um, on the day. That's right. On the day. It's just crazy that it all happened in that one period of time. And so what did your marketing consist of back then? No, nothing. (laughs) Um, No, well, because I was a high school teacher, I think I was very conservative about putting anything online. Everything had to be ultra edited, ultra, you know, I didn't want any grammatical errors ever for any reason. So that was really good because it helped me to practice brand voice and tone. And so there's certainly a a list of words that I still would never, ever use or jargon that never comes across in any of my posts. So I had time to practice that. But equally, it was probably coming across a little bit cold or a little bit too calculated. Mm. Whereas when I left or took leave from my job, I felt this sort of freedom to share more of our personal life and certainly to share our battles, which then I think led to more expressive art, but certainly more human connection. And that's what Mm. everyone's craving, especially back then when we were all kept apart, people wanted to feel a bit of connection. But I think that that's what those platforms are designed for. They're designed for that genuine connection. So people want to read your posts, see your business posts. They don't want to feel sold to. They want to feel like, 
oh, Claire Bear's just like me. She mm. has dirty hair some days that she hasn't had time to wash and she's got paint on her face or she's, <laughs> um, you know, she's woken up this morning and she hasn't been able to do anything because the baby screamed for an hour and so she's supposed to be doing this painting for whatever but she's not going to meet the deadline. People see themselves in those stories and can relate and feel normal and validated. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you say to women that just can't quite get the courage to be themselves? Because I know so many of my clients and women that I chat to every single day are stuck thinking that feed has to be, you know, nine squares of perfection or yeah. that they they can't quite get the courage to do a story even. What do you say to those women, like in your from your experience? Well, I mean, certainly when it comes to talking on stories, it's quite simple for me. If I get on stories today, I make sales today. If I don't put my face on stories today, I don't make sales. And I've got a quite a stable, consistent business, I would say, but I can pretty much guarantee that. So, And it's not because I'm getting on stories to say, buy my art. It's great. It's amazing. It's just because, and often it's not, often I get on stories and I say stupid stuff like, (laughs) um, you know, I put a jumper on this morning and now it's really hot and it's supposed to be autumn. I don't know. I mean, it's just conversation that I would probably have with my mother or my best friend. And so I guess that would be my tip. Talk to people as though you're talking to your best friend, as though you're talking to someone who knows you quite well. And so you're not trying too hard because it's just, whatever comes out of your mouth. My father often laughs at me if he hears me talking on stories because he says it's just like this train of consciousness that you just spit out. You just, you haven't rehearsed that at all. And I say, well, no, because I I don't rehearse a phone call before I make a phone call to my mum. So I think that would be my biggest tip. And yes, it is really scary to put yourself out there, but you know, the more you put yourself out there, the more you attract the people who get you. And isn't that what you want for your customers? Because aren't they the people who are going to really connect in a genuine way with your brand and feel loyal and feel like it means something to them. They have to be the people that get your sense of humour or that get that you're a bit quirky or... They're your people. Yeah, they're They're your people. Yeah. It's a hard thing to explain or to understand if you're yet to find your people. Yes. but Because there's a lot of, you know, business owners out there that are struggling, you know, to do that because perhaps they're thinking, okay, they've got to be a certain age group or a certain, you know, socioeconomic group. But it's not really that at the end of the day. It's people who get what you're going through, the stories that you're telling, the values you represent, and that just like you as a human. Yep, exactly that. Exactly that. I've just got to like you as a human. And I I don't mean that in a manipulative way. Mm. I mean that in a, that's what we look for in friends. That's what we look for in, you know, we all have favourite family members that we get along with better than some other family members. It's because we share the same values and we can have an easy discussion and we feel relaxed and comfortable. Do you want people feeling relaxed and comfortable with your brand or do you want people feeling like it's unattainable or it's too hard or it's not designed for them, too fancy? Exactly. Yeah. And so you've you've also brought the family into the social media world as well because Seamus <laughs> makes hilarious appearances. Absolutely. Yes, being <laughs> married to an Irishman there's definitely uh with a very thick northern Irish accent there's definitely some good humor to be had there. And you know he is more popular than me on Instagram, I'm sure. He's far more entertaining than I am. And he's far more of a wild card. There's a lot of stuff he comes out with that makes me raise my eyebrows. But again, it's it's because he's just being authentically him, which I feel like is such a buzzword. But 
in his case, it's so yeah. true. There's no airs or graces or let's do another take of that. Maybe I could be funnier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it also being authentic makes everything a little bit easier. Like he's just in the background, you know, doing the, holding up the paintings for you and you're doing reels together. Like it, when you're just being yourself and not trying too hard, you can be bolder and try the, the new craze on Instagram or whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You can just, yeah, it's when you're trying to be someone else that it, that it doesn't work. And that doesn't necessarily mean trying to be someone who already exists, but also trying to be a version of you that doesn't exist or that isn't quite right. So if you can let go of that expectation and, and focus on just being you the way that you, the way that you are, Although I feel like that's a dangerous thing to say because I also feel like there's you don't have to share every part of your life all of the time. If there's really big stuff that you're not prepared to share, then don't. So part of my and mine and Shemus's backstories is, is that we were each previously married before each other. And that's part of the story that doesn't really come into the brand because it's it's irrelevant and it's mm. so much has happened since then that it feels like it's come from a different life. So and I've spoken with some new business owners, new artists especially, who say, you know, my dad died and I can't talk about it without crying and there's all sorts of reasons why I don't want to include that. And I say, well, how can you just tailor that story? You don't have to give me the really horrific part. You can give me just the version that you're prepared to share and that will be enough. That will be beautiful right. and genuine without the extra emotional dump for you that that makes you feel uncomfortable. So yeah, it's sort of <laughs> it sort of goes both ways. It is a fine line, isn't it? Because there's sharing, and then there's also the risk in yeah that too much information sort of vibe that your audience might pick up on too. Yeah, yeah. But have the thing is have a go, have a practice, see what works. Yep. But not doing it is keeping is going to keep you stuck. Whereas just giving it a crack you're going to get one step further to, you know, making Instagram and video part of your business. And unfortunately, in today's world, it's a pretty important part of the business, whether you like it or not. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The days of just a static grid on Instagram are gone. And the days of just hoping that your website alone will convert. I mean, yes, it does for, for some people, but mm. The test of realness, I think, for most people when they're looking to buy something new is that they immediately type it into Facebook or to Instagram to see mm. what you're like or to see what else you might have or to see whether they like the vibe. Exactly. Um, They'll, they're coming to sniff around. They may have, that's it. You know, a friend may have recommended you. Your pro, they may have seen a painting on their wall or they may have heard about you or just even seen a snippet of you on Instagram, but they're going to go and have a look around your marketing channels yep, and evaluate absolutely. Like, is this person the same as me, essentially? Yep. That, that's kind of what they're looking for. Can I trust this person? Do I align with them? And, you know, do I want what they're selling? Absolutely. So for me, when I'm looking at other people's pages, because I do, because I buy stuff, I like buying stuff, <laughs> uh, anyone whose Instagram account, if I see them chatting on stories while they're driving, so I don't care that the phone is is plugged to the car and that they're not actually physically holding it, for me, if you're chatting on stories while you're driving, I'm just, that's a no. I'm not buying a product and I'm not, and that's entirely personal to me. That's, and it could be totally safe since the phone's attached to the car. But for me, that's, you know, you're too distracted when you're driving and that doesn't align for me. And therefore nothing you have in your product range. I can't bring that into my life because I'm going to remember that I saw you driving and chatting on your phone. 
which, mm. you know, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, I, I guess. No, I agree. But that's a I deal agree. breaker for me as an example. So people are looking yep. for that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And so what, how has your marketing changed over the past, say, 12 months? You've added things and you've done things to your website. You've outsourced. Why don't you talk us through? Because you've got three boys. They're all, what, under six? Under five. Five. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We're about to have a schoolie uh, next year, which is a little oh. bit crazy. I'm not prepared for that. And we're trying to yes. decide on a school. Yes, I outsource a lot. I think that that's a, a secret that shouldn't be a secret in, yeah. in a small business because I try to assess things on the basis of if I were to pay myself my previous salary to do this task, how many hours would I be paying myself to do it at that salary? And is that a cost that the business can bear or is it actually cheaper to pay someone else who's an expert who's going to get it done in less time? And so, yes, I worked with you, which was brilliant. I outsourced my Facebook ads to Chelsea from Blossom Media. She's a hero. Mm-hmm. I outsource my Google ad management to Sunday Digital, also heroes, some of the most ethical and honest people I've ever met in business. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's great to work with other women in business. Yeah, always a delight. I had my website sort of redesigned so that it could have a few more features when all the, this traffic was heading there and email marketing. And I know that you talk about email marketing <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And it's funny because in my brain, I had this disconnect between what I was writing, which is very open and honest and very me, I felt on Instagram and Facebook in terms of captions. And I felt really comfortable and at home there. And yet the idea of writing in the same style for email just blew my mind, could not get that right. So yeah. I feel like I'm still working on that, even though I feel like essentially I'm a, I'm a pretty good storyteller because I'm not too scared to just say what I mean. And so don't think I've got it all together. I'm still working on email <laughs> marketing and making sure that my authentic voice comes through there as well. Yeah. And selling at the same time, it, it is a really hard balance. Yes. That whole um, maintaining that personal connection while still promoting your products and yep. also helping your audience too. Yeah. So it's, it takes a bit of getting used to, but when you hit on the, the sweet spot, it's, it's certainly sweet. And we transitioned you from, oh gosh, don't tell me, were you MailChimp before or were you? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're MailChimp, MailChimp and, and Squarespace. And Squarespace. Oh yeah. Yes. It was a bit archaic. It was, well, a bit, it was a bit dark ages, but it was what yes. I knew and it was what I felt comfortable with and I felt like there'd been so much change in her life. I remember us having yeah. this conversation. Mm. There'd already been so much sort of, I don't want to say catastrophe, but so much upheaval. Mm. And then you were saying, oh, we really need to upgrade this system. So I'm going, I just can't do one more change. They're just my brain space. I just cannot but it turns out it was a really good idea. <laughs> oh, good. Yay. Well, I knew it was always going to work out in the end, but it's a hard job, you know, changing, building a new website and changing email platforms. It's not that it's um, it's un, unachievable because it's totally achievable. That's right. But it, it's a lot of work. So you were right in saying, hey, you know what, I can't put a, add another thing to my plate. That's but we it. ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're going to jump. Yeah. Jump, I guess. Jump fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we did that before, just, well, yeah, it was just, yeah, before, just before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. 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 And how have you found the change since? Because I know it was bumpy to start with, a few little things. Yeah, um, changing websites is a, is a scary, scary business, mm. um, I think, for anyone. And there's always a, when you're outsourcing and working with independent contractors, 
like Chris Daria with Clavio, who you introduced me to. Amazing. Yeah. I'm just name dropping here, all these incredible people no, that I love it. to work with. But then in terms of the website, like I didn't understand enough of how the website worked to really be able to understand what the web developers were doing. So there was a skills knowledge gap there which I think is always dangerous. And it's always the case when you're doing new things. You can't be the expert in everything all of the time. But the amount of oversight that is required when you're working with people. Anyway, so it was messy for a couple of months, but I think the website is doing what it's supposed to do now. Um, <laughs> and now that everything's settled and that all, those, all the systems are in place, it is a really, a really lovely place to be knowing that we're built for or we're designed and set up for even more growth now. Exactly, so, yes. There's no more going back to, oh, should we change platforms? Should we? That decision's been made. It's been finished. Yep. Line under it. Yes, we love that. And now it's just growth systems. So right. you recently, well, recently, probably a few months into your Google Ads. Is that right? Yeah, about six months in. Yeah, so you started with Facebook ads and they were working really well for you. Yep. And you decided to add Google ads into the mix. And how's that working out? Yeah, it's doing pretty well. It's a it's a, a slow burn. You know, the Facebook ads, again, because of the time that we were in and I think because I sort of had this radical change of mind about how I was going to approach socials and, and include much more of our family in our daily life and struggles, Facebook ads took off for us immediately, which I hear is quite a rarity. Mm. And so Google Ads did not kick off straight away for us. It's still a learning process. But I think if you've got one ad system that's working quite well for you, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You have to, especially with the iOS updates, who knew how that was going to pan out. So I wanted to spread the risk a little bit. I've also been playing around with Pinterest ads, but, I mean, there are only so many hours in a day. So yes. you don't want <laughs> to not, spread too I'm not, thin. I'm not going to say that we're there yet. But so far, I really like that, you know, with Facebook, you're sort of knocking on, cold knocking on someone's door and saying, hey, do you want to buy some art? Whereas with Google, it's people who are thinking, hey, I really want to buy some art, who are knocking mm. on my door, which certainly converts much more quickly in terms of yes. a sale. Yes, because they're at the bottom of the sales funnel. They're That's right. literally typing into Google, which I did this morning actually, abstract print Australia or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw three of your beautiful paintings front and centre in the Google Shopping ads and it looked yeah, right. brilliant. And so I was very excited to ask you how that was going. And, yes, it's great to mix up the, the Facebook and the Google if you're in the position to do that. But if you're not yes. in the position to do that, stick with one and make sure it's the right channel to suit your product. Exactly, exactly that. You can't do all of the things no. straight away. We certainly didn't. I mean, we do now outsource a lot of things, but that's on the back of steady, steady growth. Yeah. Uh, and steady growth doesn't mean that you continue to grow steadily all of the time. There are plenty of plateaus along the way, but... You just have to navigate that. And you can also reassess. If you think that something was going to be amazing for you and actually it turns out it's sort of average, then reevaluate again just because everybody else is doing Google Ads or just because everybody else is doing whatever the fad is of the time. Mm. You don't need to be doing the sparkly thing. Like what's that new chatting program app, Clubhouse? Oh, okay, yeah. Like I would love to be doing that. And I feel like that could be good for my brand, but also time and effort and it sounds great but pass for now pass for now and if you have something that's working which instagram you know in terms of talking to your audience that is working 
stick with that until the time comes where you do have to diversify. That's it. That's it. And what I love for Instagram especially is that because people see me regularly, then when it comes to barriers to sale, so for example, they're not sure what size print to buy to put it on their wall above their bed. Even though I've got a print guide on the website, they either haven't found it or don't want to read it or don't want to, they just want to hear from me what I should do. And they feel (laughs) confident contacting me and saying, hey, I really love this print. What size should I get for this room? They often even send me a photo of their room, which is quite intimate. You know, you're sending a stranger a, a picture of your house, but they feel they know me and that they trust me. And they, it's like asking a friend for advice, which size print should I put here? Or will this one yeah. or this one go better with the bedspread? And so I love that in building this personal connection, I can then help them in a very genuine way. They're purchasing something from me that they really love and that they get it right. And in business jargon, we are removing that barrier to sale because they feel like they've got a relationship where they can ask those questions and get the right guidance. Incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. And so much added value to what they're buying that they got to chat to the person that painted it and created it. And they'll remember that exchange and that experience with you. And that's what turns people from, you know, just one-time buyers to lifelong referral givers and you know repeat customers they're going to come back and be part of your community yeah absolutely very strong community I think so and that's why I I could never give up you know I'll outsource lots of things but I could never outsource my socials and that's in part because I'm the artist and I am the brand I suppose so the brand is sort of designed around that reality but I, I just can't see myself even just answering those questions I like to be the one to do it so if it takes up a certain number of hours in my day, then that's just how it is. Mm. How about when you're earning squillions? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think when I tell my stories about what the art means to me, then even if people can't relate to the story, they're given permission then to see their own story in the art. Yes. And when we look at art, we like to see ourselves reflected back it's not the art that we like it's the familiarity or it's the memory that it brings back or it's the idea of what it's supposed to represent so we're not really looking we're looking at this sort of universal language and this this connection but we're also really looking for a reflection of ourselves and so I think when I share those stories behind the art they're given permission to see that and so I think even if I were earning squillions per painting probably not much would change just in that particular dimension of the business yeah storytelling I guess it's such a huge part of what you do yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) full stop full stop and what is on the horizon for your business what's coming down the line because you've always got something going. I know you, you're bubbling away with all sorts of things. something on the yeah. I mean, I don't know whether it's the high school teacher in me or just the perfectionist or what it is, I don't know. I would love to move into textiles. So we're looking at dresses and bed linen (gasps) and I think that that's the really obvious. I mean, it's really what I want for my house and that's usually a a pretty good indication that the right thing isn't out there already on the market and that there's still room for what I'm doing to be translated into those products. So I need to learn a lot about textile design, which I currently don't know a whole lot about, but that's okay because that's life and lifelong learning. And then the other thing is I get approached by small businesses in the same way I'm sure you do, but especially by other artists who want to ask very specific art business-related questions. And so 
I'm sort of working on a few ideas for how best to help them because when I was starting out as an artist, I wish I could have asked Mm -hmm. other people. I was just too scared to. I just would never have reached out to an established artist to ask the questions that were on my mind. So I'm delighted that people feel like they can do that. But equally, I can't spend hours every day answering other people's art questions or or telling them really the, the inner workings of how I run my business without yeah. without finding a, a an appropriate format to do that really well. So I think that's the next sort of big move business-wise is, is working out a really practical way to help other artists. Yeah, that's fantastic and a way that you can help your family and your business at the same time. Right. It's a win. It's a win-win, and the fact that you, you know, you can talking about your product diversification. You know, people mm. love it on their wall. There's no reason why they're not going to love it to on a bag or on a bedspread or whatever it is that you come up with. So yeah, that's right. And people run out of wall space at some point. I've already had customers. I've got one collector who has 27 pieces. <gasps> and so when I brought out tea towels last year, she said, "Oh, thank goodness you've got tea yeah. towels. I can change the tea towels around." But can't buy anymore can you you know and she was saying could you do a jumper so I can wear your art I'm thinking that's a great idea I love that yes can you please amazing (laughs) (laughs) you're going to be a busy lady oh man but see you know the the ethics of that and I want to source things and we've always worked with Australian small businesses so Mm. how we continue to do that as we diversify that's our our real real challenge moving forward because that's really important to me to continue supporting other Australian small businesses. I just think it's the right thing to do in this climate. Mm, Yeah, totally. And if there's any Australian businesses that can help Claire take over the world. (laughs) Yeah, please. Click me an email. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. You're an absolute legend and such a delight to speak to. Um, So are you. And where can our lovely listeners find your art? So we're mainly online. We've got a few retailers around the place, but at The New Divine, Divine spelled D-E-V-I-N-E, on socials or thenewdivine.com on the website. That's where all the good stuff is. If you don't like pink, please don't apply. <laughs> yeah, black not included. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't paint with black. I just can't. I can't bring yeah. myself to do it. well they're beautiful pieces and yeah once you follow claire i'm sure she'll be at the top of your feed most days like you are (laughs) in mine (laughs) oh you're too good oh thank you claire oh thanks lisa cheers thank you so much for joining me this week today's episode was brought to you by my new e-commerce marketing course for women called ecom grow strong head to my website at lisaburn.com.au to learn more and add your name to the waitlist for round two which is starting in august and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and i would love you to leave me a rating and review Thanks so much and see you next week.